0: This is Helping of Happiness episode number 149. Today we have on Megan Barker, who is going to tell us all about her experience being an adoptive parent of a little baby girl and all the different steps that it takes to go through an adoption and the highs and lows and roller coaster of it all. Hi, I'm Hillary Hess, and you're listening to Helping of Happiness. I am a crazy mom of seven kids who loves to build memories through eating delicious family recipes and going on adventures with my family. On this podcast, you'll be introduced to light-filled people and ideas that inspire me to be a better mom and help me bring family closer together and closer to Jesus Christ. I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest, Megan Barker, today. We got talking for a long time, and we didn't even have the record on for a while of it because it's not stuff that can be technically public, but there was a little part that she messaged me afterwards that she forgot to talk about on the podcast that I thought I would just read a little bit. So she recently adopted a little girl during this pandemic time period, and so she's she's all of her information is super relevant and recent. And she was talking to me about the emotional roller coaster of adopting and how hard that is. And so she says, right before we got the call that Lizzie was ours, I was doing our Come Follow Me lesson. So, Come Follow Me is a Sunday school curriculum. I was pouring my heart out to Heavenly Father, and I knew He loved our family. I had been discouraged that we had started to doubt if something, if there was something that we were supposed to be doing, because they'd been trying so hard to adopt. I remember President Uchtdorf's message, doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith, and a scripture that week that I was along, was along the same lines. I know without a doubt that it was the right thing for our family and that Heavenly Father had a baby sister for us. Five minutes later is when we got the message that the baby was available and ready for them. So incredible, just five minutes after that. I think that's so amazing. I can't wait for you to hear megan's story and let's go ahead and introduce you i have such a treat for you guys tonight one of my long-term friends who so fun to reconnect on social media is my friend megan barker and i'm so excited that you get to hear all about her adoption journey so hey megan Hi.
1: Yeah, I am so excited to be here. And yeah, definitely reconnecting over social media
0: has been fun. It's been so fun for me. I've loved it so much. So just a little background for our audience. I grew up, your brother was in my grade, Josh, and just one of my dear friends all through all through the years in, in yeah. high school. And so it's just really fun for me to see your family and all the cute Things that they're doing so tell us a little bit about you and your family so um, my family we have
1: um, my husband is alan and we've been married for 16 years and we have five kids four boys and then a girl in the caboose they're 14 11 9 6 and 18 months
0: so Lots of fun running around. I wish you guys lived closer so all our boys could play because your boys all line up with my boys. It's so fun. Yeah, so so fun. So I can't wait to talk more about adoption with you. I have a family member that has really been trying to dive into this process. And so I, it really just stirred something in me that I want to learn more about it. I've had some friends go through the process before, but. I think everybody's situation is so different. So, yeah. i just kind of ask you all the things and then maybe there's people listening that are considering it or just want to learn more just like me too. So,
1: yeah, for sure,
0: sounds great. Okay, so the first thing I learned is that like sometimes the terminology can be a little touchy. So, please correct me as we're going <laughs> through or if there's anything you want to tell me kind of how to most appropriately talk about adoption I guess yeah
1: and I personally am not super touchy but I know it can be a sore spot for some people and I have even like made the mistake <laughs> I'm I'm an adoptive parent and I made the mistake of saying a terminology wrong so it happens and we need to be like forgiving <laughs> forgiving if that happens but yeah so when you refer to the birth mother, it's birth mother or birth family or first mother sometimes it's called and birth father or bio you know bio father any of that is good and i'm i'm mom my husband's dad you know and they're not the real parent we're not the real parent you know we're it, I'm the, that's the only one i don't like is real parent you know
0: um yeah so Okay. And then I know I've heard from some people before, it's not giving up for adoption. It's placed for adoption, Uh right? Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So if we go along and I get like off, just tell me. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. (laughs) Okay. And are you comfortable sharing about your birth mom publicly or how sensitive is that?
1: Yeah, I know. It's okay. totally good. Um, I won't go completely into detail because it is, we do have a closed adoption, which you which is on the list of questions. We can talk about that later.
0: Okay.
1: Um, just to respect her privacy. Um, but yeah, she was extremely young and had been, um, raped by a much, much older, um, friend of a family. So, um, so that's kind of her base story. She was so young and didn't know what was going on that she didn't know that she was even pregnant until four days before she gave birth. Yeah. And then, then to top it all off, she gave birth at home by herself. So, <laughs> just a lot, a lot of trauma for the mom. And that's basic, that's why we have a closed adoption. And I totally, completely understand and support her in that. And um, I, you know, I never met her, didn't get to meet her, but hopefully one day we can. And um, just wanna tell her how much I love and appreciate her and hope, you know, she has support and strength at home because we just, I just love her, even though I've never met her. And um, yeah, just hope she's okay after
0: all of that. Wow, that's a lot of trauma. Yeah, that is, that's crazy. So what first prompted you to adopt? What kind of sent you into this decision? Because you already had four of your own children, which is a lot. (laughs) Yes. So for us, it was kind of long
1: term, like when we so it's a very long backstory. When we it's okay. First, go for it. We'll hear it.
0: <laughs> when we first
1: met, um, I was actually the day I met my husband, I was turning in my papers to serve a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And I had actually gotten my mission call and I had gone to the training center um, where you go to train to be a missionary. And I just like got The biggest prompting that I needed to go home and that um there was a different plan for me so I followed that and came home and it was hard because I was really excited I was going to be serving in Romania
0: oh my goodness
1: and one of the things I was most looking forward to was um helping in the orphanages on p-days that was something that the missionaries did there and so I was kind of bummed about that. And so my husband and I, as we were still dating and before we even got engaged, and I think, said, you know, if we, have, you know, one day we'll adopt a baby from Romania. We'll just, we'll just go that route, you know. And then, young and naive, and <laughs> that was our plan, you know. But we got married and had our four biological sons, and you know life is crazy and weird and hard and um we thought it about it on and off throughout the years and it just kind of never worked out and then um a few years ago um my son my oldest son does well all my boys do portuguese immersion school so half yeah so half their day is all portuguese um language only and so it's really cool and he was kind of in the guinea pig group starting it so they had a big trip to Brazil and um, I went with him to that and just going through that and seeing the favelas which are the the ghettos there like that that want that need to adopt was reignited in me And so I came home from that trip and I was like, Alan, um, (laughs) I, I think we need to adopt and he was on board and, and we went back and forth for a little, it was a few months of, you know, should we do this? Should we not do this before we jumped in and started everything? But yeah, that's kind of what ignited it is, was a song because I have been given much I too must give. And so that just song just like would not leave my head for weeks until I decided, okay, this
0: is what we need to do. Wow, that is really cool. I love that. That is really powerful. So do you mind taking us through the adoption process? Because it's not like you say, okay, let's adopt and you just (laughs) get this baby. Yes there I mean how did you do it because I know there's a lot of different ways you can go through the state or it's yeah. private or I mean some people go international kind of what's the difference yeah and, and so how did you was, decide because that yeah
1: that was like our biggest thing is like do we want to do international do we want to do domestic so I just kind of talked to I was given some names of some people who had been through the process and I talked to them first because you know I had no idea what I was doing or where to start and so I did talk to a few people and we, because I really wanted to do international, but i um, just looking into it and all the requirements and having four kids at home already, um, we decided to not go forward with that. But um, in that we were given the name of an adoption agency in Utah. They work with families and uh, adoptive families and birth moms all over the country but yeah just domestically um and i had looked into a couple other agencies also but um i went to their orientation and i just felt so much peace like i knew that they were the company the agency we were supposed to work with and you can do it privately um and just through like adoption.com and lots of other options but we really felt like going through an agency was best
0: for us. Okay, so what cost do you pay for? Cause I know it's really expensive. So it
1: is, it is very expensive. Um, and that when you do go like your privately way or through adoption.com, it can be a lot less expensive. Um, but we, like I said, we really felt like an agency was for us, and so their fee to just work with them and not no guarantee of getting a baby um, is like twenty two thousand. So it's
0: wow, that's it's a lot your to like foot in the door.
1: <laughs> yeah, just to get your foot in the door. But then um, they have everything set up to get your home study done and everything, and they're a re- really reputable company, and they. They have it like company, other agencies from all over the country work with them also. So they're, I guess they're waiting. Their average waiting time is like six months when adoption in general can be stretched out for years. So, so that was good also why we wanted to go with them. Cause you know, we're not spring chickens anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you would love your... Baby that you're adopting to kind of be in the flow of your kids, to... yeah, yeah, because
1: we already had when we started it, he was, um, he was like four and a half when we started the process. So I'm like, he's going to be, you know, five or six year gap between kids. So yeah, hopped on that as quick as we could.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so cool, but yeah,
1: but they so they do so get approved you get approved and then and there's lots and lots of paperwork they do questionnaires how do you expect to raise your kids what do you do for discipline like how were you raised as a child how are your relationships with your parents like everything you can think of just like just to make sure you're mentally able and well to take care of these children and and stuff like that and then we took a couple of classes just to know what to expect through the adoption process and um background checks and all sorts of stuff we read a couple books just you know you can't get too much information on adoption great
0: right. right. so how long did that process take you from when you started with that agency
1: um, I think we started our, so it was like September to November.
0: Okay, so about. a couple of months.
1: Yeah, so a couple okay. of months, not too long. Yeah. Okay,
0: but definitely you need all that time to get things situated yeah. and settled anyway. Yeah.
1: So when you're talking about finances and stuff, another financial thing that goes into like what you should like expect to pay Is after you choose the birth mother, they usually will be like birth mother expenses that you pay for. And each birth mother is different. There could be housing, there could be food, there could be clothing expenses. And whether the mom has insurance or Medicaid or nothing, just all of those different things go into it. Some insurances will cover the birth of the baby as if it was your own Mm -hmm. birth child. So that's really nice. Our birth mother had Medicaid, so that was, all the medical was covered. That helped a lot nice. of your expenses. Yeah, right that there. made our expenses go down, which was nice because we don't have
0: like normal insurance. So yeah, that would have been rough. So how, like, how long do they say they're covering her expenses? Is it just during the pregnancy, or is there a postpartum period, or how does that? There's a little
1: bit postpartum. It usually is a little bit postpartum too. So it's usually from the time you like sign the contract until like there's the six weeks postpartum.
0: Okay. Yeah. So depending on where you adopt from, it could be a whole different levels of expenses, yeah. right? So they,
1: yeah, so from this company in particular, it could be anywhere from including that $22,000. Um, your total expenses can be from like thirty
0: five to $60,000. Wow.
1: Just depending on where you're at how long the birth mother is pregnant during the time you're contracted with them or I don't know the right word for that (laughs) but um, yeah so it could
0: well and if there's complications with the birth I'm sure that gets more expensive if there's emergencies or she has health issues
1: Mm -hmm.
0: or NICU stays I guess that would pop in there right
1: yeah so hopefully like that does I, I mean that might go into your own insurance too it's yeah it it does get more complicated
0: (laughs) so how do they collect money do you get on a payment plan or do they need certain amounts at certain times or how does that
1: yeah they kind of collect certain amounts at certain times um and then i mean ours was different so i don't know how that last chunk goes for other people um we kind of had to pay that all that, that last bit at the end was like a lump sum to the, actually to the other agency in the other
0: state. We'd right. And, and because yeah. it was so quick, I'm sure normally you might yeah. have a little bit of time to kind of yeah. get order. Yeah, it's
1: kind of like once you have the baby, they're like, we need the money before you take the baby home.
0: home. <laughs> yeah. That I can see why that would be important. Yes. <laughs> you take the baby and run. Yes. Okay. That's, that's really good to know. Cause I'm sure that's a question that people are wondering how much does this cost? Cause that yeah. could definitely be a factor that's for a lot it, of people. It adds up for sure. <laughs> yeah, it does. Which I think is even more amazing that people like you are willing to adopt because that's a big sacrifice.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: When you think of $60,000, that's a year salary for some people. So that's oh, yeah. amazing. How invasive was the home study? Did they come multiple times or was it once or? Um,
1: They just came the one time um, because we had everything in order. If you don't have stuff in order, if they see things that need fixing, they'll come back again. But we we had everything ready. And so it was just the one time prior to getting a baby. Yeah, But it's not, so we we did delve into foster care. I know that's a question later too. Yeah, Um, yeah we had previously delved into that a little bit. Um, and that is very invasive, like everything locked up, everything, you know, um, yeah, but this one was just like, they came, they walked through, everything looked safe, you know, um, but you didn't have to have like medicines and cleaning supplies locked up or any of that kind of stuff.
0: You didn't have to have like any loose electrical wires hanging out. Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding. So tell me, maybe let's jump into the foster care really quick since you brought that up. Yeah. So tell me, how did, so was that required by your state to do that first? I know some.
1: No, you do not have, it's not required here to, to do that first before you adopt. We had a a kind of long lost relative had reached out to family members. She had a daughter who was um, homeless and had some children. And so, um. Um, and they were in foster care, but she wanted them with family. And so we went through the classes and, you know, we were going to do it, but it just wasn't right for our family at the time. I had, I had a one-year-old of my four, I had four boys, my one-year-old, my baby was one and it was twin three month olds. <laughs> so,
0: oh my goodness. you know, I
1: just, we really wanted to do it, but it just was not great timing. and. Um, So it was sad that that didn't work out but the act the the foster mom that had them at the time was able to adopt them and she's kept in touch so i get to see those cute twins as they've grown and and so that's been fun
0: yeah that's a lot when you've got your kids so (laughs) close all of them that's a lot so okay well let's go a little bit about um open and closed adoptions so can you tell us the difference and then kind of your feelings on what's generally yeah
1: it over the last i mean 15 20 years it's changed so much and almost every single adoption i don't know an exact percentage or any but a vast majority of them are open and um so in the time that we were adopting um we probably saw the what they're called as birth mom situations. Like we get an email that says, okay, here's this mom, here's her situation. Here's when the baby will be born and what gender. Um, and here's the open, here's how open or closed they want the adoption and we had the choice to either say okay we want our information sent to them to the birth mom or not and then that birth mom chooses from the pool of adoptive families who send their information to them so over the period we we waited about 10 months between the time we started and we got our daughter Um, we knew it would take a little bit longer because we had four kids and not every mom is op- a birth mom is open to that. So um, <laughs> anyways, so out of those 20 moms we had in that time, only one um, besides ours wanted a closed adoption. So all the rest wanted it open to some degree. And that c- was anything from one letter a year for the first five years to meeting once a year, having a meet in person meeting once a year, or, you know, it, like, it just depended on the birth mom, but most of those were um, just a letter. Some of them were like once a month for the first year, and then um, once a year till 18, or, you know, most of them were something along those lines. So not super, it's not um, like you're
0: having dinner every Sunday Yeah, or yeah, not right. like,
1: and, and that does happen where families are super close with their birth moms and it's great and it works for them, you know. I was hoping for an open adoption, but like I said earlier, like just the trauma with this birth mom, I totally agree and um, support her in the closed adoption. And But she knows, um, the social worker told her if she changed her mind, 10, 20, 30 years down the road, you know, she'd reach out to us and we'd love to meet her or even just have letters exchanged or whatever she's comfortable with. So,
0: yeah. That's cool. Okay. So you said you waited 10 months and then how did you find out and how fast did you get the baby once you, they just notify you and then it's like, here's this baby or how does that work?
1: Yeah. Ours was super fast, but the, the general way it works with this agency, like I said, you, the birth mom sends out information and then you can have your information sent to her. And usually there's, um, two to three months waiting time where the mom, the birth mom can choose you and then you can prepare for the baby or whatever. Um, ours was a little different. It was, um,
0: especially cause she didn't even know herself. Yeah. She but didn't
1: we got and usually they'd send out an email that's how we you know find out about the birth mom for the first time well this one i got a text and said check your email right away please (laughs) so we're like okay and then we saw the birth mom situation knew that the baby had been born um the day before we got the email and um so the baby was at the hospital and please send your information right away if you want to be considered. So we said a quick prayer, you know, like felt okay about it and then sent the yes. And then, um, it was actually, um, so this was one of their sister agencies that had sent the information about this birth mom. And so that agency, since it was a closed adoption, they were the ones that chose us. And so it was, that was like, 10 or 11 in the morning that we got the email and then at five o'clock in the afternoon we got a phone call and they said hey we have a baby here for you (laughs) oh my goodness that's just like overnight (laughs) yeah it was and like so we within an hour we were out the door to the airport (laughs) but luckily my parents had just come over for dinner and and so they were
0: there and like they stayed watch with the, the boys kids. And, and, we'll see you later. Yeah. Wow. So did you so, just do oh, a quick yeah. pickup and come back or did you end up spending the night? Yeah, you, you generally
1: have so when it's interstate, so um, when it's between two states, you have to there's like paperwork that has to be done. Um, and so you just in the state you can't leave the season until states have signed the paperwork and stuff so we were there for almost
0: almost two weeks
1: yeah oh
0: my goodness that's a long time to just all of a sudden be away from your kids yeah
1: Yeah. it doesn't help when they accidentally send the paperwork snail mail instead of overnight so
0: especially (laughs) the 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 way the the post office is right
1: now I know it's hard having mom and dad gone for two weeks so he he went and flew home. And then that day we did find out that the paperwork was finished. So I just flew home <laughs> the next day. <laughs> yeah.
0: So your kids got one day of dad as a little yes. heads up before everything else changed.
1: Yep.
0: Wow. How have your kids taken to the whole having a new baby sister and everything? How's oh, that they, gone?
1: they just adore her. Yeah. It was, I was a Of course, crazy at first, bringing a new baby home is crazy, whether it's a birth child or an adopted child, adjusting to a baby and a new family member. So it was a little crazy at first, but yeah, they just absolutely
0: adore her. That is so fun. All these wonderful brothers. I love it. (laughs) Yes. So how long does it take until the adoption is legally finalized? Is that something that takes a while or is it, how does that work?
1: It depends on the state that you're in. And it depends on if there's a pandemic or not. (laughs) You just had everything stacked against you. (laughs) Our situation was super weird too, because the birth father was older and had raped the birth mother and she had named him. They, They arrested him and did the DNA testing while we were still there. They did the paternity test to make sure that's who it was. And it was my social worker here and my social worker in the state we adopted from both kind of explain the reasoning. It just was weird. We had to wait for his trial to finalize, Mm. which why that should matter when it's, you know rape of a minor
0: <laughs> yeah God. I guess they have I, to convict him to really yeah they had to convict rape? him
1: first yeah but if and, it's his
0: but, child and it's a minor then that's like proof right, right so anyways
1: so we had to wait for that But then his trial was supposed to be in April of 2020 oh <laughs> so um but generally it takes like four to six months that's that should be normal Ours was like 15 months because of Corona and the trial and stuff. So, yeah, it
0: took a little longer. Extreme but, circumstances. For yes, sure. extreme circumstances. Yes. Um, wow. So, how, let's see, we already talked about kind of how you chose your agency and that a little bit. Is there yeah. anything else you wanted to add on that?
1: Oh, yeah. Just do homework a little bit on the agencies because they offer different things and Mm -hmm. just go with your gut what feels good. I'm not the best person to talk to about, you know, other methods about going about it, but I really felt comfortable. There's a lot of scammers out there that'll try and rope you in. And after you help Mm -hmm. out with like funds for the birth mom, they'll disappear, you know, that kind of stuff. So.
0: And that's why it is nice to go with the trusted agency because, you know, you're actually doing it in the proper way. That is, Yeah.
1: And they're walking you through every step. So it's really nice to have that too.
0: Yeah. Because otherwise it's a little overwhelming with everything you have to do. Yeah. So was there anything that I missed that you wanted to share about the experience?
1: There's a lot of good children out there that need homes and at least look into it you know it wouldn't hurt at all to just look in it and at first I had like guilt almost I'm like am I taking a baby away from a couple that can't have babies but there's there's always you know there's always babies out there that need homes and yeah and it's been such a blessing for our family and we just love her so much and she's she's the happiest sweetest baby ever so it's just been so good for us
0: well, and how fun to have a little girl at the end. Yes.
1: That is so cute.
0: So yeah. cute. Oh, I appreciate this so much. So I wanted to finish off, if you don't mind, with our three helpful and happy questions. It's like totally different from what we've been it talking is. about. But this ties into our blog, which houses the podcast that we also talk about food, family recipes, and travel tips, and home and family hacks. And so it also gets us to get to know you a little bit better too. So um, let's do your first one because I'm always trying to figure out more ideas for dinner or just because I love to talk about food. So what is your favorite food or meal? Um, I love just
1: like authentic Mexican food. Mm-hmm. So that speaks to my heart. So I love like. <laughs> Carne asada or carnitas, something like that. Taco.
0: Oh, you're making me hungry. I love that too. <laughs> so good. Do you cook it at home or do you like to go out and get it?
1: Either way, yeah, we have a really delicious Mexican place by us um, that's close, or just make it at home.
0: Those fresh chips and salsa at the Mexican restaurants are almost my favorite reason to go. They're so good. <laughs> yes, you
1: can't beat that. <laughs>
0: Okay. So let's talk about travel. What's your best trip you've ever gone on, or you can say your dream vacation or both if you have two things.
1: All right. Um, my favorite, probably my parents and most of the siblings were able to go on a Mediterranean cruise. And I don't love, love cruises themselves. Like I get like cabin fever (laughs) on the boat. I'd like to the place. Yes. (laughs) But It was so great to be able to like sleep and travel and get to the next port overnight, you know. Um, but yeah, we got to go to Spain and France and and Italy. So it was just so beautiful. And seeing like just, you know, in the United States, our country's like a baby compared to the rest of the world. <laughs> so just seeing so much rich history. And a dream vacation be like just a little, tiki hut like right on the ocean just like soaking just in the sun
0: that so good <laughs> that sounds so good I'm like you I would much rather just fly to the destination and be there than spend the time on the boat yeah but I do love the idea of a Mediterranean cruise because then you don't have to check into all these different hotels you can just leave your stuff on the boat yeah. it's that nice yeah. to yes. not worry about your luggage everywhere that you're going
1: yeah yeah but we were like, the only downside too was that we, like, we had like five hours. like in So then just, you're
0: like, hurrying back to the boat. You
1: can't do Rome in five hours. No, but you can got, go see
0: the Trevi Fountain and then you're busting it back. to. Yeah. The-
1: <laughs> but we did get, but everything we got to see was just amazing and wonderful. So it was still great.
0: And how fun to do it with your family. I bet that was really cool too. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. So cool. Do you have a home hack for us? I had a hard time with family that. one. Like, I know I, don't I need know. to it's word like, this better. <laughs> yeah. No.
1: Cause I'm like, I don't know. It's just like normal things or, but I was like one thing that does <clears throat> totally random. I'm sure all of them are totally random, <laughs> but one one thing that helps me out saves elbow grease later is just after my kids take a bath, I just wipe it down while it's still wet. Ooh. And it just, saves that nasty ring and having to like scrub it and scrub it later it just and it always just looks clean oh, so the on cleaning way. day you just spray it and wipe it down again and it's
0: good to go that's the best hack ever because i think the worst thing i hate to clean is the bathtub and the shower those are the yep. absolute because your back gets so tired from bending in there and scrubbing <laughs> yeah and they're so hard to get those stains out okay so i can just do one more big clean like that and then from now on (laughs) i can just wipe it oh and then everything is so hot and fresh it's probably so easy to wipe up yeah Yeah. i feel the same way whenever they have a bubble bath because you know when it all goes out and then it all
1: yes in there yeah and i usually and i usually have like an extra i usually put like an extra hand towel next to the bath mat that's not long enough so i have it on the floor anyways to save for spills or whatever and then afterwards i just throw it in and wipe it down
0: and good to go oh my gosh you need to come over we need to go through it while you're in <laughs> maybe i need to go observe your homemaking oh that's so good i love it oh that was perfect good now i will always have a clean bathtub and i'll train my kids to do it so i won't even have to do it a little yes right make them clean their own tub
1: yes i love it
0: Well, thank you so much, Megan, this has been so cool to hear your journey, I mean just so neat i'm so happy that you guys get to have this little girl join your family special time.
1: Well, thank you yeah it's great catching up and
0: hope I can help someone out. Before you go, I had one last little thing to share. Over this weekend, we were watching General Conference. It's a broadcast put out by our church that comes out twice a year. And there's speeches from our apostles and our prophets in our church. And there happened to be a talk on adoption. And it really piqued my interest because we had just recorded this episode. And I wanted to share just a little quote from that. So the talk was given by Elder Neil L. Anderson. And he has a grandson that married a girl who was adopted as a baby, and her name is Emily. And Emily has recently had a baby of her own, and this is some of her thoughts. Emily recently wrote, quote, throughout these last nine months of pregnancy, I had time to reflect on the events of my own birth. I thought of my birth mother, who was just 16 years old. As I experienced the aches and challenges that pregnancy brings, I couldn't help but imagine how difficult it would have been at the young age of 16. The tears flow even now as I think of my birth mother, who knew she couldn't give me the life she desired for me and unselfishly placed me for adoption. I can't fathom what she might have gone through in those nine months, being watched with judging eyes as her body changed, the teen experiences she missed, knowing that at the end of this labor of motherly love she would place her child into the arms of another. I am so grateful for her selfless choice and that she did not choose to use her agency in a way that would take away my own. Emily concludes, I am so thankful for Heavenly Father's divine plan, for my incredible parents who loved and cared for me, and for the temples where we can be sealed to our families for eternity. I hope you enjoyed this episode today. If you know somebody that is thinking about adopting or who uh, maybe is thinking of placing a child for adoption, I hope you'll refer this episode to them. And if you really want to keep having these episodes pop up in your podcast app, make sure you give us a little subscribe so you can see any new episodes that come and a rating and review would be awesome.